0: Parker Ford Church. DJ here, coming to you from my house today for our ongoing midweek teaching series on spiritual formation. For those of you who are from Parker Ford, it's great to have you with us. If you're not from Parker Ford, just joining us online, my name is DJ Martin, church pastor at Parker Ford Church, and it's great to have you with us today. All year we've been talking about spiritual formation, we've talked about spiritual disciplines, we've talked about all different concepts of Um, how to think about spiritual formation, Um, and the last four weeks, we've been talking about sonship and what it means to be adopted children of God and how much fruit that produces in our life when we learn to embrace that and live into that. Today, we're going to be talking about getting off the drug of control by embracing The limits that God has gifted us with. It's taken me a long time to consider limits a gift, um, but that's exactly what they're meant to be in our life. I think the desire for control is a universal, ubiquitous experience for humans. We all desire to have some measure of control over our lives, some measure of control over our circumstances. But if we stop and think about it, we have so little control. We have so little control over um, our lives and how our lives go. We, we can't control where we're born. We can't control who our parents are. We can't control the name that we're given. We can't control our genetics. We can't control you know, the time in history we were born. I love the icebreaker question of asking people, you know, if you could live in any time in history, when would you live? And listening to people's responses is always really interesting. But we can't choose uh, when we were born. And time travel is not a real thing. And so we can't control that either. Uh, We can't control, you know, whether we grew up in a loving household or a dysfunctional household. Uh, We can't control our gifts or how good we are at things, at least from a natural um, disposition. Um, We can't control, you know, how we look. Many of us wish that we were you know, taller or, or uh, faster or stronger, or uh, could do things that we can't do. And so, uh, you know, having control in so many different ways, life teaches us that, that we can't have it. And yet reaching and grasping for control is the natural response for someone who's going through trauma or pain, because what we want to, do when we're in a time of, of trauma or suffering, is we want to do everything we can to control our circumstances so we can get out of that painful experience that we're having. The problem with control is that the more that we grasp for control of, of ourselves or, or even other people, the more harm we end up doing to those around us. If you've ever been in relationship a close relationship, and especially if you've ever had a major authority figure in your life who was a very controlling, dominating figure, you know how confusing, how disorienting, and how painful it is to walk with someone like that. I mean, think about, think about the most controlling person you know, or the most controlling person uh, who's been a major part of your life, and, and chances are that you have some pretty major wounds from that relationship. And the more that we try to control the people around us, the more we end up wounding and hurting uh, them as well. There's really only one person who can be entrusted uh, with control. You know, Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And despite all of this authority, all of this power that's been entrusted to God. In fact, in Psalm 89 Uh, verse 14, it says, justice and righteousness are the foundation of your throne. Yet despite, you know, all of the power, the authority that Jesus has, the the two marking elements uh, of his rulership, of the way that he expresses his authority, are justice and righteousness. We don't see control in there. Now, you might be saying back to me, but what about self-control? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, to which I say, yes, that is the type of control that we are meant to have, self-control. But if you think about it logically, and if you've been a part of Parker Ford for any length of time, you you may have heard me point this out before, but isn't it interesting that self-control is not a fruit of our own work? It's actually a result of abiding in Christ in such a way that the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives, and one of the fruits that the spirit of God produces within us is self-control. So it's not that we have this innate ability to control ourselves. In fact, I mean, if you're honest with yourself and I'm honest with myself, I mean, how much self-control in and of ourselves do we really have? It's hard enough for me to say no to a, a cookie I shouldn't eat, let alone something major. We all we we all fall short in this area of self control. However, as we abide in Christ, His desires to produce the fruit of self control within us. One of my favorite definitions of self control is dominion within. This is one of the ways to creatively translate the Greek word uh, that's translated in our English Bibles and the fruit of the Spirit of self control. But but its meaning there the the word is actually dominion, and so to have self dominion. We can't actually rule over ourselves the way that God intended us to without his spirit creating a new thing, a new work within us as we abide in Christ. And so, uh, you know, moving through uh, today's teaching, I wanted to bring us to Philippians 4, because in Philippians 4, we come to the Apostle Paul, and when he writes Philippians chapter 4, if if you know the story, the background, then you know That the, the Apostle Paul is in an incredibly limiting situation where he has no control the only thing that the Apostle Paul has control over in this situation is himself. Why? Because he's in prison. When, when the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians, he's actually sitting um, in prison. He is limited in the way that he's allowed to, to spend his time. He's limited in the places he's allowed to travel, the people he's allowed to see, all the things he wants to do. He's limited. And this is a guy who wanted to be doing a lot of things. I wanted to be a lot of places, and I can relate to that. I mean, this is, I relate to Paul's desire to be in so many places. When you read, you know, his letters that he wrote, when you read the Acts of the Apostles, um, you, you see that the Apostle Paul he, he wants to be in Ephesus, but he also wants to be in Corinth, but he also wants to be in Rome, but he also longs to be in Jerusalem, but he also longs to be, you know, in Colossae and, and Thessalonica and, and so on. There's so many places that he desires to be, but he can't. He's only one person and he's limited by time and space, so he can only be in the place that he is. Now, if you know my story, you know that I grew up in St. Louis, and then the Philippines, and then back in St. Louis, and then I lived in South Carolina for a little bit, and then I lived in Lebanon, Pennsylvania for seven years, and then I moved to Drexel Hill near the city of Philadelphia, an old uh, Philadelphia neighborhood, and lived there for three and a half years, and and now have been in East Coventry uh, uh, near Pottstown, Pennsylvania for the past three years. And when I think about each of these places, I'm like, oh, I wanna be in the Philippines or oh, I wanna be in Lebanon or oh, I wanna be back in the city in Philly or oh, I wanna be back in St. Louis. Um, but when I think about here, like I wanna be here too. Uh, it's not that I don't love it here. I love my life here and, and the place we live and our friends and our community, but I've, I'm learning, I'm learning to understand the limits and the gift that God intends limits to be because the more that I can lean in to my limits, the fact that I need to sleep and rest, the fact that I need time with God to recharge, the fact that I need to eat healthy in order to be a healthy person, the fact that I need wisdom and and I need to seek after people who are uh, speaking into my life with wisdom, the more I embrace all of these limits within me, uh, the more contentment I find, which brings us to the passage Philippians 4, one of the really famous passages in the New Testament. He says, I'm gonna we'll start in verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Who, This is a word that we need to hear. This is a word that we need to be reminded of. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances, Paul says. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Verse 13 is one of the most famous verses in the Bible. You probably haven't memorized like I do. You know, I can do all things through... Christ who gives me strength. Usually we take that verse, it's so often taken out of context and slapped on a bumper sticker or on a plaque that hangs on our walls in our dining room or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with having this verse memorized. There's nothing wrong with with putting it places so that we're reminded of it. Um, What could be potentially harmful is when we remove it from the context because Paul's not just saying like, hey, I can do anything because God gives me strength. He's saying, I can do anything that God calls me to, including painfully uh, learning my limits and learning the, 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 the joy and the gift of contentment um, in limiting situations because Christ is giving me strength. He's learned this secret. When Paul wrote this, there's a hundred places he wants to be. There's a thousand things he wants to be doing. There's a thousand there's people he wants to be with. But he says, I've learned the secret of contentment by resting in Christ. He's learned the secret by embracing his limits, by understanding who he is and who he's not. Have you learned, have I learned the secret of contentment? The more more we try to control our situations or control the people around us, usually the more frustrated we end up being the more that we learn to embrace our limits, as hard as that is to, to brace, embrace the fact that we can't do everything or be everything, the more that we learn to embrace the limits that God has for us, I think that there's a gift of contentment um, that's, that's offered to us in that. And so as we wrap up today's teaching, I just wanna offer this, this thought, these questions. Are you looking to control your life or control those around you? And we, we all do this at times, some of us more uh, than others, though. So are, are you looking to control your life or control those around you? Or are you finding contentment by embracing your limits and knowing that God is with you? And I think about Paul again, meditate on that story. He's in prison. He's found the secret of contentment while he's sitting in prison. You have everything it takes in Christ to join Paul in this magnificent posture of life. I've learned to be content whether I'm feasting or fasting, whether things are going like I want them to or not. I've learned how to be content because Christ is with me and I've learned the gift of limits. And so I want to invite you to get off the drug of control by embracing your limits. I hope today's teaching and this passage from Philippians 4 has been an encouragement to you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day. Go with God.